everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Olive Orchard, a podcast about nothing important really. I'm Autumn Olive, crochet fashion designer. And I have visited about 13 US states, but never traveled outside of the country, but I would like to. Um, thanks for tuning into my little radio show. Hope you're doing all right. Um, so long time no see. This is the first episode of 2023, so happy new year. Um, I have decided to change things up a little bit. Um, I just feel more comfortable having this filmed and recorded directly off of my phone um, instead of, you know, moving the whole microphone and stuff. This is also the first time I'm trying an episode with the dog, Moose, outside of his kennel. Um, so hopefully he won't come like knock into the tripod. He's pretty sleepy. It's cold today um, So he's just curled up in his bean bag. He's got his own bean bag. You guys he's pretty spoiled um, but You know, so if you are a long time listener, let me know what you think of this change um, I tested it out and it seems like it'll be pretty easy to hear me Um but I think that it just feels more comfortable for me to just skip the whole microphone and leave the phone like that. And I think it'll encourage me to um, be more consistent with the frequency of these episodes. You know, I know I've taken a few breaks and it's just, it doesn't seem like a lot, but it's just a lot to have to have a whole separate, you know, microphone and then the audio and all that. Um, so anyways, you know, if it's just a little bit more lo-fi, if we can deal with that, um, I think that suits me more anyhow. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's chilly today. Um, it snowed a couple days ago, and so there's still some snow out there just melting. Um, but it's supposed to maybe snow again today, which would be cool. I love the snow. I lived away from it for about five years, so it's pretty cool to be back near some snow, some occasional snow, you know. Um, if you're watching this, I showed it at the beginning, but what I'm working on currently is a Wonder Bread sweater. Um, it's really cute. I'm coming out with a another um, graphic sweater like bundle. It's going to be 10 different designs and they are all like vintage food and drink labels. So it's called Vintage Kitchen. Um, so we've got Wonder Bread, Morton Salts, um, Hershey's, Tootsie Roll, Bit O' Honey, um, Pepsi Cola, 7-Up, Tomato Soup, Jello. Um, so yeah, I'm just working with a cream colored, um, I think it's actually called, oh, antique white. Yes. Perfectly fitting. Um, this is lion brand pound of love. This is my go-to yarn for like, um, sweaters and stuff because you know, they don't have the biggest color variety, but it's really soft and it's just a little bit on the thin side for a worsted weight. So it's got a really nice, you know, lightweight, flowy type of feel and it's super soft. So it's great for like 
sweaters and um, you know since it's a little bit thinner you get a lot more length per gram um, so that's really nice for an extra small sweater for me for my design which is actually more like a women's medium um, it just takes a little bit over one skein of this um, yarn and my second choice, just while I'm mentioning it, would be Karen One Pound. It's a little bit thicker, but it seems to me just as soft. And, you know, they usually have all of the colors that I can't find in the Lion Brand Pound of Love. Um, so yeah, otherwise, you know, my, just the colors that I use on the graphics are just scraps of whatever that I have had or used or thrifted or, whatever, because the graphics usually don't take more than like 50 grams. So um, I usually just use what I have. I don't usually buy anything specific for the graphics. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm working on. And I'm hoping to have that vintage kitchen pattern released by my birthday coming up on February 11th. Um, I'm gonna be turning 24. Um, so I'm thinking of doing like uh, site-wide sale that week or so for 24% off everything. Um, I'm thinking that's going to be pretty exciting. And I would love to have this pattern released by then. Um, I think that would be a great birthday present. My testers are doing so well. Most of them are finished already. So I'm just waiting to get those pictures in and then just doing some final edits and then making the listings. So, um, yeah, just as soon as we can, we'll be looking forward to releasing this pattern. I'm drinking a cherry seltzer water. Um, also, I just released a free pattern. It's called Odds and Ends Leftover Friends. And it is a super cute, worked all in one piece, jumbo amigurumi. I don't know if you would really call it amigurumi, um, but it ends up coming out to about two and a half feet tall um, and a little over one pound. Um, and it's just got, it's just this little like square shaped monster with like long legs and arms and um you know it's designed to be just worked up with like scraps so whether you have like short scraps or long scraps you could do like a color block body um, and then it comes with three different ears horns like bunny ears or fins i did like a sea monster one um, and currently you know i i used up all the polyfill that i had I used to make amigurumi before I started making clothes. So I still had like two year old polyfill and I just wasn't using it much. So I used all that up and I made a scrap sea monster and a scrap rabbit. And so I used up all the polyfill um, and all my scraps. So I made a another um, creature skin. And so I've just been like slowly collecting my little snippings and ends and short pieces of yarn in the limbs so that I'm gonna be slowly creating a creature completely out of scraps, you know? Um, and I think that's a great way, because before, you know, I know most of us, we just like stuff our scraps in a bag and then 
choose to figure out later what to do with them, but I really like what I'm doing with this currently, you know, just have a place to put the scraps and it's building a whole other piece in the meantime. Um, I am thinking of my spring designs already, spring projects. Um, I have a few, a lot of my free patterns so far are spring type, like tank tops and halter tops. And I have like some free graphics, a frog, a sloth, a bunny face, strawberry. Um, so I've got, and I've got um, a candy heart graphic as well for Valentine's Day if you're interested. Um, those are all on my website, autumnolive.com. Um, if you just go to the free patterns page, you'll find the graphics and the patterns there. Um, I want to do like a free sweater pattern. I'm more so interested in making some more like cropped sleeves, you know, just the sleeves with the without the torso part, but I want to make it into like a just a simple sweater that can be long or cropped like that. Um, and my mom gave me these, uh, this tie-dye kit for Christmas and I haven't used it yet, but I thought that it might be really cool to just make some white cotton things, like a few sleeves, a few hats maybe, um, and then take those and then tie-dye them um, after they're already crocheted. And um, I'm hoping that will come out well, but you know, I wanna be able to offer those all the patterns that I use for that for free. So I'm planning to come out with a sleeve pattern soon. Um, and I'll try to make a YouTube tutorial on that as well. And also there's a YouTube tutorial on the odds and ends leftover friends, scrap plushie. Um, and if you have seen my duck duck goose pattern, uh, the cardigan pattern with the birds. It's got 25 different birds in the pockets. I want to do something similar this year, but with plants, like different flowers, plants, and mushrooms in the pockets. Um, and I want to test that out with like a weight three yarn, like a lightweight yarn, so that it's more like a spring cardigan. I'm pretty sure my pattern will work up just fine with that. It'll just be like open stitches. Um, with the same size hook, but I'll need to test that out to be sure. And it would also work with my vest pattern. So yeah, that's my upcoming projects that I'm going to be working on. I also want to do a few art prints. Um, if you've seen the stickers that I've designed, something cute like those little cute characters, but you know, just like little like postcards maybe or just like a small square that people could put in their crafting space. I'm thinking like little animals, like doing something cute or like with a cute little phrase on it. Um, so that's something that I wanna do this year as well. Also, um, custom orders. I personally don't offer custom orders, but I do have a team of people who are familiar with my patterns who are willing to do that. So if you are looking for some kind of um, custom order, or if you're having trouble finding somebody with customs open, you can always fill out an application on my website to see if anybody's available on my end to do that. 
Um, or if you are a business owner and you like that idea and you want to gather a team of people, you know, I don't make any money off of that. I just, you know, when people come to me asking for custom orders and I don't have the time, you know, instead of just turning them down, I have at least somewhere to recommend them to. Um, and lastly, with these updates, um, I would like to get some more guests on my podcast. I know I kept talking about my dad um, coming on here and talking about some projects he does, um, but I'm just still waiting on that. So I am definitely open to having other creators on or, you know, it doesn't even have to be crochet related. So if you're interested, you can email me at... Um, I think this email is the olive orchard podcast at gmail.com. So you can email me there if you're interested in coming on the show as a guest, if you have something interesting to talk about, you know, I'm not super concerned about it being crochet or craft related. It just, let's just keep it, you know, decent. Cause I don't know who all watches this, you know? So yeah, that's all I have as far as updates go. Um, we'll get into some recommendations now. Something to eat. Lately, I have started to be making uh, my own, I was calling it jam, but somebody told me that it's actually called like fruit butters, like apple butter, blueberry butter. Those are the only two I've made so far. It's just basically fruit and then you cook it really low until it you know it just softens up and you know the water evaporates so it turns into this like thick fruit puree almost um and I like to put that on toast I don't know you know sugar I'm trying to avoid eating too much sugar like added sugar and stuff so I was having trouble finding jams like if they don't have added sugar, then they have added sweetener. And I find fruit, you know, sweet enough on its own. I don't mind that it's a little bit tart, you know? So I was just, I don't know. I figured I needed to make my own if I wanted something worthwhile. And also, you know, I just like to experiment in the kitchen and um, make my own stuff. Sometimes I like to make my own bread, so. Um, I'm like, okay, well, it would be nice to have some jam as well, homemade jam to go with this or apple butter, whatever. Um, and another thing is that I found a recipe for Russian tea cakes, which is something that I hadn't tried before, but I was like low on ingredients. And I think I made these like on Christmas or something. I didn't really do a family Christmas celebration, just at home with my pets and my boyfriend. Um, but I was in the mood to bake something, so I found a recipe for Russian tea cakes, which are essentially just like butter and flour and like chopped nuts, and then you cook them and roll them in powdered sugar. And they're just kind of like a crumbly little doughy sugar ball. <laughs> I say after I just said that I was trying to stay away from added sugar, but you know, a treat is a treat on holidays. So, something to watch. Um, I feel like I haven't really been watching much these days um, or like watching things through, you know, like 
watch something and then not pick it up the next day. But I did finish the short series Inside Man on Netflix. Um, that was pretty interesting. It's British. Um, and then I was in the mood to watch something like one of those cop shows. So I started watching FBI and it's like a new, you know, like Law and Order has been around for like 10, 20 years. And FBI has been around since 2019, I think. There's only like five seasons. Um, and I've been watching that, you know. I know it's like watching Scooby-Doo kinda, but um, I don't know. Sometimes it's nice to have something on where like the episodes aren't directly correlated. Like there's a little bit of a storyline where you like get to know the characters a bit, but like pretty much from one episode to the next, it's like a whole new thing. So like if I lose focus during one episode, then I don't really need to like try again to watch it. You know, I can just like let it go. Um, specifically because like I've been knitting on the weekends and it's, you know, I can look up from my crochet and be fine, but like the knitting, I need to like keep an eye on it. So it's nice to have something kind of to watch in the background. Also, I started watching, I didn't get very far, but I started watching Beverly Hills 90210, the one from the 90s. And um, it's pretty cute, pretty nostalgic. Nostalgic as far as like a time before me, but it is like a high school teenager show. So it's a little bit like silly to watch, feel silly for me because I'm 23, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's still cute to like see the 90s. But also Shannon Doherty, I don't know how I'm, if I'm pronouncing that right, but she was like the older sister Prue in Charmed, if anybody watched that. That's also like a good show. It's kind of like Power Rangers for witches. Um, yeah, okay, something to listen to. I also feel like I haven't been like listening to much music lately, um, but I have just been like, if I want some like ambient music on and I don't really want to choose, I will just put on the free channels that I get. Like I have the Samsung Smart TV, so um, it just comes with like a bunch of channels and um, yeah, just watching like the Vivo music video channels or whatever. They have like different genres, like there's like a pop channel, a country channel, 90s, 80s, rock, um, 2000s music. So, you know, I put those on sometimes. It's in, kind of annoying because they have like commercials, like regular TV commercials, but I don't know. Sometimes I just like to have like the music videos on, something to see, something to have on in the background. Um, but that's all I have to suggest for now. I haven't really been listening to anything on Spotify. Um, So next I'm going to read some reviews. Um, this is a review from the Duck Duck Goose Cardigan Pattern. Autumn's patterns never fail. 
Always a reliable and great purchase and the seller answers questions quickly and in detail. I love this pattern and I can't wait to use it to make more custom pieces with birds or without. Love, heart. Thank you. Next, for the Halloween cardigan pattern, a wonderful pattern that was easy to understand. I didn't realize just how customizable this piece was. I've even applied parts of the pattern to other projects. Would recommend. Thank you. And lastly, I believe this one was for one of the Mabel sweaters. It says, this pattern is literally so easy to follow. The only issue I've had with it is that I have ADD and sometimes forget how to read, but that's on me and me only. You get the pattern itself and 20 graphs. 20 for six and a half dollars. She's keeping us fed with these patterns. I highly recommend them. Thank you so much. Um, you know, a majority of my reviewers say that the patterns are easy to understand, which is definitely validating um, because sometimes people say that they are hard to understand. So, you know, I try not to be too hard on myself about that because I feel like it's more just like a a person to person basis, you know. I try to make them easy to understand with pictures and, you know, actual pattern jargon and like written descriptions. So I try to do like several different methods um, to clarify everything. Um, so, you know, you can't please everybody. Um, but yeah, so now we'll get into the main topic for today's episode and that is jobs, jobs that I've had and so on. So let's see. My first job, I didn't really need to get a job. Like I was doing, I mean, I didn't really have anything that I wanted to spend a bunch of money on. I was in high school and um, I had all of my needs met as far as my living situation. Um, but, you know, just like as far as having something to do, you know, I wasn't really in sports or anything. I just kind of like sat at home and did crafts all night. So I was like, okay, well, I guess it would be kind of cool to, um, you know, have a job and get out in the world and meet some people. Um, and so, you know, I just kind of like had the idea in my head and I hadn't really done any applications. Maybe I did like a few applications like in person, like back when applications were like, you had to go to the place and like get a paper and fill it out. Um, nowadays it's all like online. <laughs> the, I'm talking about, this was like, I guess 20, oh hi Moose. Here's Moose if you're watching. Can you go lay down? Excuse me, sir. Okay. Um, yeah, so this was like 2015, I guess. Um, in 2015, I was 16 for most of the year. Um, maybe 2016, I can't really remember. Um, I think it was 2016, actually. So, you know, it was just like kind of an idea. I wasn't really looking for a job. I was just kind of like on the lookout for a job, if you know what I mean. So I was at, um, this place, the place where I went for therapy, they had like a girls night. Um, 
and it's just like all the different, you know, I was in like a group therapy and then just anybody that was like within a certain age range could come and there was like music and snacks and kind of just like a socializing thing. And um, my therapist had asked me if I would volunteer for doing henna tattoos. I'm not very experienced in henna tattoos at all, but I was just one of the artistic ones. So she figured, you know, if anybody can do it, you can do it. So I was like, sure. So that kind of led me to meet a few more people than I, than if I had just like stuck with my, you know, the group therapy kids. Um, Cause like different people were coming up to me to have me do henna tattoos on their hands. And so I was doing henna tattooing on this one girl and then she was talking to her friends that she was with and she asked them if they were interested in getting a job at Wendy's and neither of them were, but I was like, I would be interested in getting a job at Wendy's. She was like, okay, really? I'll talk to my boss. And so, you know, she talked to her boss and we didn't really know each other, but she was able to put in a good word for me. And so um, he gave me a call and had me come in. And of course, then I had like the paper application and he pretty much hired me right there on the spot and said, you know, come in for work like the same week. Um, so I was super excited. Um, I felt like, you know, SpongeBob the fry cook or whatever. They gave me like this little apron and some little red polo shirts and like a little visor. And I just remember like, the way a job feels when it's fresh, like it felt fresh there. And then like six months in, it was like, ugh, back to this like greasy place. <laughs> but I remember it felt like, it was just so exciting, you know, it was like the first streak of independence as like a middle-aged teenager. Um, but yeah, so they had me working like on the indoor register, so like the restaurant and never really got too busy in there and then you know when it wasn't busy just go out and wipe down the tables and stuff um so yeah that's what I had to do um the general manager was the guy who hired me he was really nice he was like you know in those cartoons when somebody's like moving so fast there's like a shadow of like kinetic energy behind them that was like him um just like 30 seconds at every station checking things out and like moving on to the next um and then there was another manager she was like super strict but she really babied me um she loved me and I think it's probably because I was just like so eager to work like I would always say yes to any shift and stuff and also like I started working there towards the end of winter. Um, and so like I noticed a couple people had these nice like Wendy's cardigans and I was like, oh, how can I get one of those? And they said it was like something that had to be ordered. <laughs> Moose just yawned <laughs> and squealed. Um, she was like, it has to be ordered and they send the catalog in like September. So like I was pretty late for that, but she said, I have one at home that you can have and I still have it because I was like I can't get rid of this and it says like Elena in the back tag and um, I switched out the plane buttons for like little silver butterfly buttons and it just says like Wendy's on the lapel um, super cute because like 
sometimes I would go work at the drive-thru um, to collect the money. But the thing about that is like when you're not collecting money, you're washing the dishes. So sometimes like it would be so cold, like, you know, you're washing the dishes and then you hear the car pull up to give you the money and then you have to like dry your hands off, but they're still wet. And sometimes it would be like so cold. Like this was like February, like January, February, March, like in Colorado and it's pretty cold around then, especially like if it's windy. So I was like, I couldn't do this without long sleeves because it was just like so cold when your hands are wet and you're like, sometimes people take forever to like count their coins. So like your hand is like out the window and it's just like cold and you're like waiting for the money. Um, so yeah. And um, then eventually I was able to move up. Like I was eager to like learn all these positions. So eventually they moved me up to, um, they called it coordination where you uh, just like assemble things inside the bag. Like there's a certain way, you know, like if you get like a baked potato in a box that goes on the bottom and then like the fries have to go in last so that they don't spill over. And like the sandwiches, if it's like one, it goes flat. If it's two, they go on their side next to each other. So it was like this whole like little Tetris game inside the to-go bags. Um, and that was my favorite job because that just like went by so quick and you don't have to talk to customers. Um, and then the other position that I did was drinks, which is like, you just have to get all the drinks together. I think you also, you take orders on that one as well. If there's like less people then, so it's usually three people running the drive-through, the person taking the money and doing the dishes, and then the person coordinating the bags and then the person taking orders and then you like make the drinks while you are taking the order like over the drive-through headset. But sometimes if it's slow, then the person taking the money will take the orders and then the person coordinating the food will also make the drinks. So that's why sometimes if you're at like a drive-through and you're trying to like give them your money, they're talking to somebody else, that person behind you on the radio um, but yeah, it's much easier when there's three people doing all those jobs. Um, and then like eventually I wanted to learn how to make sandwiches, but they pretty much kept that for like the older ladies or the people who have like been there longer. Um, but occasionally they, finally they taught me how to make the sandwiches and so they could, they were able to like pull me in if they needed help. Um, but they really preferred me to just do those other jobs. And especially on the front, I ended up being like one of the main people to train like newbies in the front. And um, so then there was this one kid, he was like a year younger than me and we became pretty good friends cause he was just like, he was funny and um, <laughs> I don't know. And then everybody started making fun of us because they were like, oh, you guys are dating, but we were never dating. And, um, but we were like a solid team, you know, we worked well together. And so it came to the point where they would send us together to like the next town's Wendy's, like when they needed help, they were like, okay, you two go. And like, I would drive us to like, it was like 15 minutes away to like this other Wendy's and then we would show up and it would just be like a party. <laughs> they like knew who we were. Cause like we were the only ones who ever got sent over there. 
Um, so yeah, and also, okay, I'll tell you more about him in a minute, but um, so like the food at Wendy's, every time that they came out with something new, like I remember one time there was like this ghost pepper sandwich where it's like the bun was spicy and then there was like this ghost pepper sauce and they would ask us to like try that. And then one time they came out with this Mediterranean salad which had like hummus on it and um, like different, I don't know, like onions and olives and stuff that aren't usually at Wendy's. Like they had to order special ingredients for these things. But then also like secret recipes. I know that you hear a lot about like Starbucks secret recipes, but you know, it was pretty cool to see what people would do at Wendy's. So um, at Wendy's, obviously they don't sell quesadillas, but they have like quesadilla ingredients, kinda, you know, like they have chicken wraps. So they have like tortillas and then they have chicken breasts and then they have like chili cheese fries. So they have shredded cheese for that and like for the salads. And then they have onions obviously for the burgers. So like some of the workers would like chop up some like onions and lettuce and chicken and then like put some hot sauce and then put it in a tortilla on the burger grill and then put like cheese in there and make a little quesadilla. I never tried one but I should have. Um, I don't, <laughs> I should have just asked to try one, but I was like, that looks pretty good. And um, also they have, you know, chocolate Frosties and vanilla Frosties, and then they have like lemonade and they have pink lemonade. Um, and the pink lemonade, or it's like strawberry lemonade, and it's this like strawberry syrup. So people would sometimes take like a vanilla Frosty and then like put the strawberry, lemonade syrup on there and that was pretty good I did try that um also like the drive-through it was really fast-paced because there is like a timer for the drive-through so um and what that times is like when the car like finishes ordering it times them from like that point up until the point when they leave with their food so like if somebody sits there like going through their food to make sure it's right then the employees feel impatient because that's just like taking up time and like the time gets reported to the corporate and then corporate is like you know you need to pick up your times or whatever like of course it's fine you know don't ever feel like pressured to like leave without checking your food maybe like you could leave and then pull off and check the food and like go inside if it's not right or whatever but um I mean that was just my experience like you know I didn't personally care if somebody checked their food but you know the managers and stuff were like you know they tell us to make sure that it's right obviously because then if it's wrong then that's gonna waste even more time so that was just something about it Um, and yeah, I remember specifically this one day, like sometimes like 
the you know state manager or whatever the corporate boss she would like come in come to the drive-thru and like order something and some of the employees thought that they knew her order or like knew her voice or something so they would be always be like you know oh that's so and so like get your act together um but one time corporate came in and they were there like all day it was some kind of inspection or something so we were just like fast-paced all day long and it was like the craziest like busiest day ever but we ended up getting like I don't know second or third and it was like some kind of amazing score and then we all got little badges for our uniforms um but yeah okay so anyways that kid that I had trained and you know we were friends or whatever he started to um like I had been working there at this point for like six months and he was there maybe it was like two or three months and he started to like hate the job you know he was like we should just quit like we should just quit <laughs> and I was like no like I'm not gonna quit like unless you find me another job like I somebody gave me this job like why would I quit like I'm not having any problem here and I was like if you find me another job a better job than sure and so to my surprise he did he found us jobs at this um, like family-owned Italian restaurant as hosts and so I went in for the interview and we both got the job so then we went in to put in our two weeks notice and I started crying because <laughs> I was like I don't know I had never like quit a job or I mean I didn't like quit and walk out I just put in my two weeks notice but you know I felt bad because that girl had given me the job and I was like but the managers like me so much and like I feel like I'm such a big help but in hindsight you know it's Wendy's you know they can just find anybody I'm very replaceable at Wendy's so yeah I just felt like I was letting somebody down maybe that's not exactly when I put in my two weeks I did keep the job for like the last month of summer or something and then my uncle who I was living with at the time thought that I wouldn't be able to hold down both jobs and do high school so I guess at that point was when I put in my two weeks notice um, but yeah so then I started in at the Italian restaurant um, at first, so it was like a family owned restaurant, um, the guy who owned it owned like a cafe out in the next town, um, and he, he was quite a character too. He was missing a finger from the bread machine, like I guess like 10 years prior, but he said he lost it there with with the bread machine I don't know if it was the same bread machine or like a different like the bread slicer um I don't know if it was the same one hopefully not but you know so he made sure to say be very careful when you're slicing bread um and he would show up on Mondays to like check in on everything and collect the money out of the safe and then he would just like leave and he told me he was like 
I usually just ghost out of here because if I let everybody know that I'm leaving, then suddenly everybody's got a question for me. So I thought that was kind of funny. When I first started there, it was pretty much just like college kids as um, the servers. Now, I started at Wendy's in like January and then this all started in like August. So like this was six months. And so this was like end of summer, the college kids were there working as servers. And then, you know, it was apparent that soon they would be going back to college away. And so then they would be leaving the job. And um, so then the new servers were girls from the halfway house, which is great that he was willing to like give them a job. Um, but there were a few instances where I felt like, <laughs> I don't know, like, okay, well, one of them ended up like doing drugs in the bathroom, like after closing time, like we were there like counting up everything. And then she was like, she couldn't even count her money at the end of the night. And like, I was like, okay, like, we're 16, 17, and then like the only authority figures are like getting high. So that was a little bit sketchy. Um, like the whole thing felt so like unprofessional, but you know, I don't know. And also like, I don't know if it's different in other states um, or what like I know classically it was always like this as far as like restaurant service industry um, the minimum wage is a lot less because the service workers rely on tips so like I as a host was getting like I don't know six dollars an hour or something and then the servers were getting even less they were getting like four dollars an hour and like at Wendy's I was making like eight something an hour so and this was like back in whatever I said, 2016. So like, I don't know if things are different now or different in other states, but like at the time it was like, you know, really reliant on tips and it was just like hit or miss kind of. Um, but anyway, so like kind of after the college kids left and then after the manager or the owner, he was like, yeah, I like to hire these little jailbird girls and give them a chance or whatever. But, um, then they were short on servers or something. And so like, then I had to be a server, except I was 17. So like, I wasn't supposed to be serving alcohol. And so he said, oh, just ask, ask some, like one of the older servers to do it. Um, but like, sometimes they weren't available to help. So like, I would just like have to do it myself. Um, Cause you know, I had like customers like getting impatient. Um, I probably could have just like told them the situation, but you know, then I don't know. I mean, like I said, it was just kind of like unprofessional all around. So I didn't really have, you know, if the owner was there or had like more solid management, then that wouldn't have even been an issue. Um, but eventually my friend from Wendy's left that job and um, I had brought in my best friend um, from my school. 
And so she was working as a host and I was working as a server and we would just like work all the time. And um, like we worked six nights a week and then on Friday was the only day that there was a different host. It was like the owner's son and his friend and they would come in on Friday nights and they would host. And then, you know, we would get the night off and that's when we would go, you know, hang out or do something. Um, and yeah, I don't know. As a host, the jobs was really just like seating people, rolling silverware, bussing tables, um, and like setting up to-go orders. If people would like call in and want to pick up a takeout, um, the host would like set that up. And sometimes they could get tips for that um, if the to-go people tipped. But a lot of people like don't even think to do that, you know, if they're not sitting down or whatever. So the reason that the host gets more like per hour is because they don't have as many tips to rely on but the servers are supposed to give out like I think 10% of their nightly tips across the hosts um, so yeah as a server I would like tally up my tips and then give my friend her share um, and yeah, I don't know. It was pretty fun being a server. I definitely preferred that over being a host. Um, Cause it was just like, you know, more active, more busy. So the time went by faster and it was more like of a fun kind of challenge to try to make more tips. Um, but yeah. Um, and then like the chefs in the back, like that was another thing, like they would be smoking like out of an apple. <laughs> like they had apples there, you know, for salads or whatever. And I don't know, I just, like they were also like kids. So it was just a wild time. Like I'm glad I got out of there safely. And then I remember this one time, the vehicle that I was driving was actually not my vehicle, it was my uncle's vehicle. And so I remember one time I was like serving tables and stuff and then suddenly like a police officer came in looking for me. And I was like, what? Like, like as a server, like I'm like running four different tables. I've got like a bunch of different things on my mind. And so then this police officer, officer showed up and like, I'm like, I don't know what I did. And so he asked, like, he asked me to come outside and it turns out that there was like an accident at the intersection and then there was like shrapnel that hit my vehicle, my uncle's vehicle and like tore off the license plate. And then my uncle was there and like, they were asking me if I knew what was going on. I was like, no, like I've got people to feed in there. And so, you know, then I went back in and just like tried to like realign myself and my find my bearings and nobody asked but i'm sure they wondered what was going on like why was my waitress just pulled out by a police officer <laughs> um but yeah at the end of everything um finally the owner hired some more solid management and then like one day my friend who worked with me there she called out sick and she wasn't really sick 
and I was living with her at the time and I wasn't really sick but I called in sick too and um, you know it was suspicious but we could have gotten away with it if it weren't for her posting a snapchat story and then the owner's son who hosted on Fridays saw it and snitched on us and so he was like I saw them together and they're not really sick <laughs> but I mean who knows we live together so maybe we could have gotten sick at the same time I mean yeah and then you know so we got in trouble and they told us don't come back for like a week and then at the end of that week there was like some other issue with my car and I just couldn't get in and whatever it was just a lot of chaos going on person in my personal life at the time so I was like whatever and I was planning to move soon anyway so I was like I don't even need that job still so that was it for that job and um yeah so then after that I moved to California and I moved to this really small town like like for reference where I moved from my high school, like just my grade level was like 1500 people. So I moved to this town where the population was like 1500 people. And so there were like a few restaurants in town that were closed down, but the only one that was open was this pizza place, like on the highway, like 30 minutes between two towns. No, more than that, like 50 minutes between two towns. There was like one pizza restaurant in the middle and I happened to live just like out in the rural area, like two minutes drive from it. So, you know, of all odds, I happened to get a job there. So lucky for me, you know, I didn't have to drive half an hour to work. I could just go to this solitary pizza restaurant in the middle of nowhere. And it was, you know, didn't really get much traffic except for like truckers and stuff stopping by. like. And it had like a lunch buffet and they sold like other things like sandwiches and wings and stuff like frozen wings like reheated. Um, but yeah, I just pretty much worked in the morning because that's what I preferred. Um, my boyfriend had like a day job so I was trying to get like morning shifts so that we didn't have too opposite of a schedule. Um, so, you know, the morning pretty much consisted of like waiting for the other person to come and open the doors and then like just like mixing the pizza dough, which was pretty cool. Um, prepping vegetables and like shredding cheese and stuff. It was all like machine, like like this big machine, the same machine that would like mix the dough, had like these different attachments for like grating the cheese and like shredding the peppers and stuff. And then you would just like prep the assembly line and then there was like a lunch buffet so you would make like all the different types of pizza and then like once in a while somebody would call in in order to pick up and like then you would make that but it was pretty much chill like sometimes you know the workers in the back would play music and then like lunchtime was like a group thing like we would just kind of like prep everything and then take a break and just like make ourselves some lunch. Like the lunch was free. Oh, I was I was meaning to mention the benefits that I got. 
So like at Wendy's, I was able to get anything, anytime, 50% off, like treat my friends and family, 50% off as long as I was there. And then at the Italian restaurant, it was pretty much just like, um, like $10 off per day. Like, I don't think it was really too strict. Like I would just kind of tell the chefs to make me something, but if you did ring it up, it was like, you get $10 off. So like most of the things, like a plate of spaghetti or something's like $14. So then you only pay like $4 of it. Um, and then at this pizza place, it was like, just you make a lunch, like whatever you're gonna eat for lunch. And then you can like take leftovers. Like at the end, when you close down the buffet, it was only open for like four hours. So like if there was like a pizza made towards the end and it wasn't really touched or like somebody only took a couple slices, then you could just like take that home with you or throw it away or whatever. Um, but yeah, or if there was like, if it was like a slow night, sometimes they would let you take, just make a pizza to take home. Um, Moose is wanting to go out, so I'm gonna take him out and then I will be back. I'm starting on the second panel, the back panel of my Wonder Bread sweater. This is the ribbing. I'm back and it is snowing outside. I'm already liking this setup a lot better because I feel a lot more free to just stop and start. Whereas before I would have to like, I don't know, the processing speed or something of like the microphone versus my phone was like so slightly off. So like, you know, it would start out in sync, but then by the end of the hour, it was like 10 minutes off. So then I'd have to like, realign it or whatever and um i just felt like there was no way to like stop the recording and then like without having to do all this realigning and stuff so um there was like two very distinct crew groups at this pizza place um there was the daytime crew which was like the daytime manager he was like this um you know he was so like micromanaged like everything had to be like scrubbed with bleach and like you know everything had to be cut perfectly like the tomatoes oh they're not thin enough like he was just down to the nail you know and then there was like the nighttime manager which was the son adult son of the owner this place was also like family owned but they had like four different restaurants like around northern california um so the night manager he was like you know totally carefree you know he had his friends hired in the evening um you know in the daytime it was like we all were like we weren't you know so serious but we were pretty serious you know we were there to work and then the nighttime people were like there to not work like the um the main manager himself he would like always be like experimenting with different foods one time he made like this nacho sauce and he had this like his main thing was he had like rubik's cubes and i mean i guess he was able to just like solve one regularly but he would specifically take them and like you know one rubik's cube has like nine visible pixels on like one side so he would have like 
25 different Rubik's cubes or more like to shape out like one time he shaped out like Texas or like different sports teams or like Mario and you know he would just like make a big pixel graft with the Rubik's cubes which is awesome but he was doing it like on the clock you know and then his friends would be in the back like playing like League of Legends on their phone and like watching anime on their phone and like making pizza on their phone and that was just like not my vibe like I didn't want to be there at night anyway but when I had to be there at night like being the responsible one I was like just so done with it um but yeah it was just like kind of funny how there was like two distinct people like if something was wrong or different you know it was like oh this was the night people or this was the morning people um moose is being noisy snorting and stuff over there um so i guess that's the downside to not having a microphone right here in my face but he's been pretty quiet most of this time um and then yeah i ended up getting fired from that job too i don't really know why i never like called in sick or anything like that um i mean i i did a couple times when i needed to i worked there for like four months um but and and i'm not really sure what happened i have a suspicion that it was just like nepotism because like everybody there knew everybody else and so then like one day all of a sudden I was training this girl who was like the younger sister of like an ex-manager and so like she knew the family or whatever and so I was like training her and then like next week boom like they let me go and I was like I came in for work I clocked in and then the morning manager was like can you come into my office? And then he was like, here's your final check. I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to let you go. And I was like, can I ask why? Cause like, I was really confused. And he was like, um, you're just not up to standards. And of course, like being 18, I was like in my car crying. I was like calling my boyfriend at work. He was at work and I was calling him. I was like, they just fired me. Like, I don't know what I did. And but I don't know what, it was probably just something stupid like that they only had room for one more person or like who knows what, I don't know. But it's not that serious. And so then after that point, um, then I really was like trying to find a job, you know, cause like I was living with my boyfriend, um, you know he was still living with his family so we had like some kind of support under our belt but you know I didn't want him to be totally supporting me you know I had brought savings with me but I wanted to make sure that I was making something to contribute so um yeah so like I was applying left and right like online trying to go into places to follow up and um it's just yeah I was feeling really discouraged and then all of a sudden one day um i got a call back from jc pennies and moose settle down i got a call back from jc pennies and um i was like 
oh, this is so cool because like all I've ever done is work restaurants. And so I'm really excited to try working in retail and like, you know, it just feels a little more chill. You know, I don't have to worry about, you know, keeping my hair tied back or keeping my nails trimmed short or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff that goes on at food industry. Um, so yeah, I got a call from JCPenney's and they said, we want you to come to a interview and the way we do our interviews is like a group interview. So I was like, okay. So like that was a little bit intimidating cause it was like four or five people in a group. And then they called us all in and like asked us the same questions. Like what kind of experience do you have that could be applied here and, um, stuff like that. And I just told them that I liked folding clothes and uh, that I like to stay busy. And so they ended up hiring me and then this old lady who was there um, in the interview as well, her name was Janet. And um, so I was excited to see her on like the orientation day. I was like, oh, hey Janet. She was like, hi Autumn. Um, so yeah. Um, and then basically for like the whole orientation day, it was like a four hour shift. And then they just like put me on this like register, like in the towels department. And I just had to like work through this packet where it was basically like fake transactions. And then you just like practice, like clicking all the buttons that you would need to click during the transaction. And um, everybody there was really nice. You know, I worked with a couple of other cashiers and there was like a women's department and a junior's department. And that's pretty much where I worked and they had me on the register. And so, you know, on the register, you just ring people out. And then in the free time you go and like straighten up like things falling off racks or things that people unfolded and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty enjoyable, except the only negative part was that they were like, they really push you to ask people to do credit applications. And it was like, not good enough to just ask them once. Like, they were like, you should be asking at least three times, like, be pushy, you know, like, if you've ever had people asking you to sign up for credit cards at places like that, like, that's why, like, it's not... Like, I didn't want to be doing that and nobody else wanted to be doing that. But like the managers would like come watch you. And then when the customer leaves, they would be like, you didn't ask enough times to like get them to sign up for a credit card. And so then I was like tired of getting harassed by the managers. So I was like, okay, like I'm going to get really good at this. So I just, you know, practiced and figured out the best ways to like get people to sign up for credit cards. And it just like the whole thing like and then in the break room they still push it on you because like they started to put out like incentives like this is all coming from corporate you know like they have like you know whatever store gets more credit applications ends up getting like more bonuses and stuff probably the managers get bonuses or like sometimes they would put incentives out like you know, if we get the most credit apps in our division, then we can like have a pizza party or we can like bring donuts in or whatever. Or like one time the HR person um, brought in like different snacks and they started doing like this ticket system where like if you get a credit application, then they give you like a little ticket and then you can go redeem like a snack or like a hand lotion or something. And 
like that was all well and great but I don't know and then they also had like this ranking system like in the locker room where it was like it told you like who was number one and like how many credit applications so-and-so got per year and at one point I was number one on there which is like a horrible like not a something I'm proud of or whatever but and then you don't even like as an employee you get two dollars per credit application and it's taxed so like it's not like I was really getting anything out of it I was just like I don't know I mean and then the more the worse you do at credit applications then like you get less hours or whatever like it's all really like corrupted system you know and I didn't even want to be doing that like I was interested in what the people in the fitting room were doing which was like you know cleaning out the fitting rooms and then when people like say I don't want these items then they take those items and then go put them back and I was like that's what I want to be doing like I want to deal with the clothes like I don't want to be standing in one spot for four hours like talking and talking. And then at one point, I don't know whose idea this was, but like when you stand there and talk for, like even just sitting here talking on this podcast for like half an hour to an hour, like my throat gets dry, like my mouth gets dry, my throat gets scratchy. And so, especially when I'm standing there like asking people how their day was, asking people do they wanna sign up for a credit card? Like, I'm gonna need my water, like, right away. And so at one point they were like, okay, we're gonna be keeping our waters in the stock room, which is like way down and around. And like, when there's a line of people, like I can't just like leave to go get my water. I was like, I'm not doing that. Like, I'm gonna have my water here. And I think that they kind of like gave up on that. Like, who is gonna think that it's unprofessional to have a sip of water like seriously like I don't know like I'd like to see these customers try to stand back here and like say the same thing 100 times in a row but yeah um so despite my best efforts to try to get more shifts on the fitting room, like sometimes I could trade shifts with people or sometimes like, you know, like they tell you on the schedule what you're coming in for. And so most of the time I was scheduled as a cashier, but like once in a while I would be scheduled as a fitting room associate. Like I guess if they, that day and that time I had somebody who was better at credit applications or something and they wanted them, but sometimes if I was scheduled for the fitting room, then they would ask me to switch and go be a cashier. And I was like, I don't want to do that because I was so excited to have this fitting room shift. And so, yeah, despite my best efforts to like keep getting fitting room shifts, I was like, you know, they weren't going to allow it, you know, like they were trying to keep me on the register. And so I just weaseled my way into the merchandising shifts. So then that's like a whole separate like management system. So then if you're a merchandise employee, you can't be switched into a cashier anymore. So that was my goal. So eventually I ended up becoming a merchandising shift person. So 
those shifts would be like 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. or like 4 a.m. 5 a.m. to like 1 p.m. or something like that and so it was kind of difficult like getting up that early for at first um but it was so worth it because like store was kind of dark and empty which was a little bit spooky sometimes you'd like look over and see like the mannequin in the side of your eye and you like think it's a person but um yeah it was just like relaxing you could have your headphones in you could wear like sweatpants like that was like ideal and um it was just like quiet no customers not even other employees like Sometimes it could get lonely, I guess, but, you know, I would just, like, listen to podcasts and listen to music and stuff and just, you know, open boxes and put clothes out and sh the shifts would just fly by. Um, but, yeah. Also, um, there were, like, a lot of thieves that would come in to JCPenney's. Cause like there was no, um, like there were ink tags on things, you know, those like big plastic things that are pinned into the clothes and they say, oh, don't break this cause the ink will splatter everywhere. And you know, the employee has to take that off with a magnet. And so there were those, but there was no like beep beep alarm system like attached to things. Um, so, we had like a lot of thieves come in. There was like this one guy called, this was like a JCPenney in a mall. I guess most of them are in a mall, but like this one guy, we call him the backpack guy or the wig guy. Cause he would come in with like different wigs and like with a big backpack or like a duffel bag. And he would come in from the mall and go straight to the Levi's and just like fill his bags with Levi's. like. I don't think he even cared like what size or color they were. I guess he just like went and sold them on Depop or something. And so he would just come in and get the Levi's and walk out all in the span of like 60 seconds. And so like we weren't allowed to chase people because of our safety, obviously. And um, so like you were supposed to call asset protection. And so like by the, t if he was even there, the asset protection guy, like he was only there some of the time. And so even if you did try to call for him, like by the time he got down, like the store is huge. So like it took him longer to get to the scene than it took for the one guy to come in and leave with a bag of Levi's, you know? And then sometimes people would come in and do the old switcheroo where they have on just like some crap rag clothes. And then they go into the fitting room and like put on a nice new outfit and leave their old crap in the fitting room for us to find. And then, you know, we'd have to throw it away. Sometimes it was just like actually nice stuff. Like I've gotten a few nice things, like a nice like dress shirt for my boyfriend. I found this nice, like the brand is Lulu's. It's like this super nice turtleneck black dress. It's got like two layers and it's like buttery soft. I still have that and I, Actually, if you look at my Instagram, you can see it in like my um, 2022 Halloween photos. I wore that like with my cardigans and vests over it. It's like a really nice dress. I had a couple people on TikTok ask me where I got it from. I was like, I got it for free. Like somebody left in the fitting room. Um, but yeah, that was always kind of fun. Like, but most of the time it was like 
dirty old stuff you wouldn't want but sometimes i guess if somebody just didn't want it like and there was nothing wrong with it and they just left it behind because they preferred to get something different than you know whatever um but yeah that's about it i worked there for it was almost two years and i did the merchandise job for i guess the last four or so months of it maybe six months and then covid hit and um you know the store had to shut down i remember at the very end like there's like a yearly inventory which you know we try to keep up with inventory all throughout but at the end of the year it's like really serious inventory it's like i guess it's more like at the end of winter but so this was like february like all of january all of february all of march like we were working on getting this inventory like we would have to go like find everything pull things out from under shelves like little missing like belts like everything had to be accounted for and it was like this whole like they had almost all the employees come in and like you know pitch in to like do this inventory and stuff um but yeah so like we were just like in there all these crazy hours like counting every single piece of fabric in the store and then this crew from another city came and um like the inventory was supposed to be like counted over like two weeks so like this other crew came in and they were like counting everything and then we were told that the store was shutting down like closing up for covid and um the merch manager she was like no 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 like we just spent all this time like counting inventory like we were already exposed from the other team like let's just finish it out but um we couldn't so that was it and they closed down and um just in the meantime i i think my instagram had like 200 followers or something and I wasn't making any money off of it so I was like okay well I guess I'll just like dive in like to my hobbies and um so that's what I did you know I just spent all that time like crocheting and letting my creativity go wild and you know this is what it turned into and so you know I know COVID was really horrible like for so many reasons and whatever, but it was definitely a period of transition in positive ways and negative ways. And, you know, um, I got lucky in that something positive came out of it for me. And, you know, I think I, think I never would have, you know, trusted myself enough to fall back on this um as a business you know because growing up you know i've been crocheting since i was 10 and nobody ever told me oh you should you know try to make money on that like you should try to whatever whatever like i mean people were like oh yeah that you make cute stuff but like i never would have thought that i could make any kind of money from it um so, you know, having no other option, 
and just kind of like going in without expectation. You know, I didn't really go in with expectation to make a living. I was just like, maybe I can just at the very least, you know, spend this time wisely and just, you know, make some cute stuff and document it. Like, I figure if I make some kind of money, then whatever, that's cool. But who knew that it would turn into a career that I can keep rolling with. So I am incredibly grateful. And of course, grateful to everybody who follows me and supports me because, you know, I mean, during the whole year of like the first lockdowns and stuff, um, you know, it was kind of like sucked in by the numbers. Like when I had a job to go to, it was like, that was what I spent my days worrying about. And then when I didn't have that to worry about, I was like, okay, here, I'm like enjoying this craft. But like now I'm addicted to like looking at the numbers and the Instagram like statistics and stuff. And, you know, that really got me down sometimes. But, um, you know, on the second half, on the second year, like I started to get more recognition and, um, you know, people started to recognize me after I made my Gudetama sweater and my koi fish sweater and then I made the Care Bear sweaters. Um, then at that point I was up to like 2,000 followers and I don't even know at what point, you know, it just, it's exponential growth from there. So, you know, just keep in mind, you know, like it took a year to break like 800 followers and then another year to break like 200, 2000. And it's only been in the last year that I got to where I am now. So, you know, it's easy to get discouraged, but it's all just a game of time. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about jobs. Um, it can be tough working for yourself. Imposter syndrome is really prevalent and just finding that balance of being a friend to yourself rather than you know, a micromanager and, you know, still finding time to make things you love with the hobby you originally loved and also any other hobbies that you want to pursue. You know, I used to do a lot of drawing and video games sometimes and so I'm trying to kind of incorporate that back in on my weekends. Um, and also, you know, doing some drawings. Like I mentioned in the beginning, I want to do some drawings crochet related cute little drawings. Um, I want to keep designing stickers and stuff. Um, and you know, I'm taking up knitting on the weekends. I don't think I'm ever going to involve knitting into my shop. Um, in any kind of way, I don't think I'm going to design knitting patterns or anything, but I would like to have just a few knit staple pieces in my wardrobe for my personal self. So, you know, I'm just trying to treat myself to um, whatever my heart desires on the weekends. So, 
yeah um thanks for listening uh the cover art on this podcast is drawn by me on procreate on my ipad the intro and outro music was done by my boyfriend um check out my youtube for video episodes of this podcast and free crochet tutorials visit autumnolive.com to shop crochet pieces patterns and free patterns as well follow my instagram tiktok pinterest etsy and ribbler all at autumn olive crochet and you can find this podcast on spotify google podcasts and apple podcasts and you can email in regards to the show at the olive orchard podcast at gmail.com and remember i am looking for guests or whatever if you have a story to share feel free to email me there if you're interested in hopping on here um life hack i forgot to put one here um so let me think see if i can think of one off the top of my head um I have this little like, you know, the little travel sewing kits. I'm gonna keep one in my car. Or, well, it's the only one I have. I mean, I have sewing supplies in my house, so I don't really need to keep the mini one in here. And so I'm gonna keep it in my car because um, one time a couple of months ago, I went to visit my grandma and we were supposed to be meeting some of her long lost like she has like this long lost sister. She was adopted. So she's been like trying to find her family for like the last couple of decades. And so she recently found her sister and brother. And so her sister was coming to town to visit. And then I was two hours from home and I realized that I had a rip in my fabric on my shirt under my arm. And so I, Luckily, my grandma had some needle and thread so I could fix that, but I just figured, you know, having the little sewing kit in my car ready to go would be good for that. Also, keep a pair of socks in your car. Okay, thanks. Bye.